0: Good Friday morning to you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us at Coast to Coast Latino Podcast. It's July 10th, and we are listening to Los Lonely Boys, one of the best uh, bands to come out of Texas. If you haven't heard their music, by all means, go to iTunes, pull out their music, And uh, enjoy it. It's uh, some of the best uh, guitar riffs, especially for those of us that uh, are familiar with uh, Fender guitars, some of the best guitar riffs you've ever heard. Music is brought to you by the Vida de Oro Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to promoting the arts and enhancing the community. Again, my name is Adrian Perez, and I want to thank you for joining me. It uh, seems to me that uh, this particular week was uh, almost uh, Hispanic Heritage Month again at the White House. We had a lot of things going on over at the White House. President Trump uh, hosted uh, not only the president of Mexico, uh, but he also hosted a group of uh, Hispanic business owners. Uh, many of them, they're extremely Uh, influential in this country. And uh, I'm going to bring you uh, some some quotes as well as uh, some more information on on exactly what happened at the White House. But right now, let's talk a little bit about uh, COVID-19. I'm sure many of you have heard how cases of uh, coronavirus have been going through the roof, setting new records in many states across the nation. And almost every headline that I have read, and I receive a lot of headlines on a daily basis, almost every headline that comes to me tells us that Latinos are the most impacted communities. uh, And we need to do something about it. Some organizations in Houston, Texas, in Dallas, Texas, in Los Angeles, are making strides in trying to get people to to become more aware of how to prevent coronavirus but even then the total number of latinos that are being impacted uh, continues to rise Uh, wearing a mask is essential social distancing is essential and at the same time we find ourselves in the category of essential workers um, whether we're working in a supermarket, uh, at a poultry shop, uh, or in many other jobs that require us to be shoulder to shoulder with each other. We're seeing the increase of uh, COVID-19 and especially men. So what can we do on a daily basis so we can... St- start addressing this issue. Uh, We need to educate each other. We need to share information with our young, uh, especially those uh, uh, millennials that are uh, experiencing going out again because our economy is opening up. You need to pay attention to small things, the small things, because that's usually what causes the big problems are the small things like forgetting your mask or not wearing a mask or finding yourself too comfortable at a, at a local uh, bar and removing your mask, uh, not washing your hands after you've been touching so many things. And of course, uh, social distancing. With a big push now to get the schools open again, we need to be aware of, uh, What the school, each school is going to be providing in terms of protecting our children uh, once they go back to school, because the last thing we need is for them to pick something up and bring it back home to mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, uh, or any other loved one that is especially uh, uh, susceptible to COVID-19. We need to do something, folks. This thing is not going to go away. We're in the middle of summer. And the belief originally was that it was going to disappear as soon as summer showed up. Uh, Well, guess what? Summer's here. We've had record heat throughout the entire United States. And COVID-19 cases keep going up. Sounds to me like uh, we need a lot more than just a hot summer to get rid of COVID-19. So follow the rules. I mean, the bottom line is you're protecting yourself. You're protecting your loved ones. Wear a mask, do social distancing, wash your hands on a regular basis. And uh, if you can avoid large crowds. So let's talk about what happened at the White House uh, this, uh, this particular week. First of all, let me explain that coast to coast Latino is nonpartisan. Uh, We don't take either side. Uh, And then when people get to know me, they realize that I am so pro Latino that I will criticize both parties. I will criticize anyone in leadership capacity who has the ability to either promote public policy or some type of legislation that is going to improve the lives of Latinos. Uh, everywhere in the United States and regardless of your income level. Although our income levels have to go up. We're still a very poor community. And if when you look at the Central Valley of California, uh, we have the largest poverty rates in the United States. And I know many people think Oh, no, the poverty rates are in Mississippi, uh, amongst the African Americans that live there. Surprise, they're in central California and Fresno specifically. And what you, what we need are, are efforts that's going to improve our education efforts. that's going to improve our economic status. And yes, we need a lot more leadership training to get us more, uh, politically empowered. Okay. Now, now that we're, Uh, 61 million of us living in the United States. That is almost one out of every five people who live in the United States is now Latino. Uh, Now President Trump, when he first got elected in 2016, uh, he received 29% of the Latino vote. Let me repeat that. He received 29% of the Latino vote. Okay, he is losing ground. There's no question about it. All the stats are, are telling us that uh, if the election were held tomorrow morning, he would lose in a landslide. Okay, but he's trying to regain that, uh, that Hispanic support because it's been eroding it's been eroding primarily because of COVID-19. And this week he invited uh, President Obrador from Mexico uh, to sign the new uh, trade agreement. Now, when you read the uh, trade agreement, it looks pretty standard, and it looks, quite frankly, a lot like the North American Free Trade Agreement. Uh, But there's a few more Things that that uh, President Trump has incorporated into this, and basically it's a combination of of uh, no more illegal immigration coming through Mexico uh first of all, and uh, secondly, uh where American companies can make more money, uh whether it's through uh, uh trade or just producing products. In Mexico, when we look at uh, Trump's approach at this, and when you hear his speech, although he compliments Mexican Americans living here in the United States, uh, he he actually threatens Mexico, saying, "You know, if it, if you don't do certain things, we are going to uh, cut you off." mexico is in a very extremely vulnerable uh position it's the first time they've ever had a socialist president uh but he's extremely popular extremely popular his ratings are in the 70s and and so by him coming over here to the united states yes he got criticized by latinos living in the united states But he didn't get criticized by the people from Mexico because they feel that he is working towards improving their economies. Uh, Mexico's economy is extremely reliant right now on murder and mayhem. The cartels dominate almost every component, every state in the entire nation of Mexico they need to fix that and to fix that they need the help of the united states obrador is not a, a a a dummy if you will he's very very smart when it comes to looking at what would benefit the people of mexico the most and that is a good relationship with the united states and i know many of you are saying well wait a minute wait a minute you know trump is building this border etc hey When you look at the border that he's built, he's actually only added three miles, three miles to the border wall itself. Uh, But he's been caging children. That's true. And that in itself is a crime, in my belief, anyway. Uh, It's horrible what he's doing. Obama was no different. I don't know how many of you remember this, but uh, Jorge Ramos from uh, Univision called Obama the great deporter. The, the Obama-Biden administration deported well over 3 million uh, 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 people from uh, Mexico and Latin America. And they split families, hundreds of thousands of families. And yeah, believe it or not, they started caging some of those kids because they had to put them somewhere. Uh, many of those kids, by the way, especially if they lost their mom and dad, ended up in the, uh, in the uh, foster care system where many of us have heard of the horrors of some parents who take in foster children and uh, abuse them. Or, or somehow, some way, make them suffer, and that's not the reason why we have a foster system. But unfortunately, those are the conditions that many foster uh, children have found themselves in. But the thing is, is that if Mexico wasn't in uh, such bad economic shape, uh, quite frankly. We wouldn't care whether people came or or didn't come from Mexico, legally or illegally, Uh, other than it'd be great to see relatives. And of course, it'd be great to see friends on a more regular basis. But the idea behind American economy has been to try to strengthen other countries that impact us under Obama, for example, he invested heavily in Africa, and countries in Africa. And the idea was to strengthen them economically. Uh, And I have to admit, he pretty much ignored uh, Mexico and Central America and South America. But prior presidents, like George W. Bush, And of course, Bill Clinton, they looked at the power and the potential of Mexico, Central America and South America. And so they invested in those countries to try to bring them up, to try to change their governments from socialism and communism to that more of a a capitalistic way of thinking, that way their economies could grow. Let's listen to what President Trump had to say during his meeting with Obrador regarding Mexican Americans living in the United States.
1: In the United States, the extraordinary contributions of Mexican Americans are felt at every industry, every community, and every facet of our nation. From art to commerce to science to medicine, the Mexican people are incredible. They upheld our highest values, God, family, and country. They launched small businesses, propel industries, and they serve heroically in police departments and in our great
0: military. Clearly, he had to say wonderful things about the Latino community and our commitment to being a part of the fabric of the United States. And then the following day, He holds a meeting with Latino business leaders and actually signs an executive order to initiate two things, to initiate uh, the education of Latino children, and secondly, the economic growth of the Latino community in the United States. Uh, Here's what he had to say.
1: The executive order I will sign in a few moments will expand our efforts across all federal government to deliver educational and economic opportunity for Hispanic Americans. At the heart of our strategy to create a prosperous future for every Hispanic American, as well as all Americans, is a great family of education. We are going to have a tremendous program, and we have, and you know, we're a believer in choice.
0: So there you have it. The president is throwing the entire U.S. government to promote the education of uh, of Latinos across the United States. Why is this critical? With 61 million Latinos living in the United States and growing to the point where, in a matter of years, we will be pretty close to one-third the entire population of the United States. It's essential for us to be not only well-educated, but prepared to assume responsibility for the, the nation's economy as well as for public policies that make a lot of sense to continue to develop Latinos further. And folks, right now is the right time to do all of this because our population continues to grow in california almost 60 percent of all kids in in kindergarten are latino 60 percent okay that's going to happen in texas it's going to happen in florida and so on so within a matter of 10 years we're going to see this massive boom of young latino kids going to school so as you can see it's critical that, that our kids get get an education. And you know what, if the public school is not delivering, I think it's essential for parents to have a choice, to be given an opportunity to say, hey, you know what, the, the public school system is denying my kid or not providing my kid the opportunity to get a full education. I'd rather send them to a private school or a charter school. We have a lot of Latino kids now going to charter school. But for those of you who are anti-charter school, let me share something with you. The African-American community has been putting their kids in charter schools for years. As a result, they now have numerous universities specifically dedicated to helping African-American kids. The point I am getting at is that we should not be just simply satisfied with what is being offered to us, we need to ask questions. Is it, in fact, exactly what we need in order to be able to see our children succeed? And if it's failing, dog on it, let's change it. Let's let's fix it or give us a choice. The president right now is focused on giving us a choice. Mr. Trump also signed an executive order establishing a Hispanic Prosperity Initiative. And to lead the initiative, he named former Lieutenant Governor of New Mexico, John Sanchez, as its lead. And here's what Mr. Sanchez had to say.
2: Well, thank you, Mr. President. What an honor it is to be here with you and everybody else here in our nation's capital. Let me say, uh, from a young boy who grew up in absolute poverty, the youngest of eight kids with a single mother, I understand what it is for the challenges facing all families, but especially Hispanic families in this country. But because of her leadership through personal responsibility, stay in school, get a good education, we have lived the American dream. As a young boy, I used to go and search for uh, cardboard boxes out of the trash cans of grocery stores because we didn't have the soles, Mr. President, on our shoes. We would hope and pray that it wouldn't rain so the cardboard wouldn't melt on our way to school. Here now, almost 50 years later, I stand next to the most powerful man in the world and the most powerful city in the world at the White House with all of you fine folks. Today, I have lived the American dream. I look at my brand new black shoes. That's the American dream.
0: And like I said, all of a sudden, it's like Hispanic Heritage Month again at the White House, this time being hosted by Donald Trump. So, ah, that's our note that uh, it's time to get off the air I sincerely appreciate you taking time to listening to Coast to Coast Latino please drop me a line you can email me Adrian Perez at Latino at Coast to Coast dot-com that's Latino at Coast to Coast Latino dot-com here's the other thing uh, we're now on, uh, on uh, Apple's iTunes you can find us on iTunes, you can find us on Spotify, and uh, and of course, you can find us on social media, and of course, on our website, www.coasttocoastlatino.com. Until next time, I am Adrian Perez. Thank you very much for taking time and listening to this podcast. Be sure to tell your friends about us, okay? Looking forward to you uh, next week. Take care.